The big idea is that throughout each day, at different times, you and I will operate in one of the five gears. The relational issues happen when you and your spouse, child, coworker, or friends are trying to communicate while each is in a different gear. It may cause relational disconnection or relational grinding. Welcome to the Live Lead Last podcast, and thank you for joining us for this episode. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, we're glad you made the choice to join us. I'm James Yvonne. I'm here with Lisa, my beautiful wife and insightful co-host. Hey friends, we're thankful for this community. We look forward each week for new episodes and value your feedback on if and how this content is helpful. We want you to know that we're working on a special Thanksgiving episode, and we want you to be a part of it. 2020 has been a hard year for all of us, and for some of us more than others. However, we want to take some time as a community to express our gratitude and also share some of our family traditions. So here's what we're asking you to do. Would you please go to anchor.fm backslash last? There you will see a link that says message. When you click the link, you can leave us an audio message. There are four things we're asking you to tell us. First, your name. Secondly, where you're from. Third, something that you are thankful for. And finally, one Thanksgiving tradition from your family. The tradition could be anything from a game you always play to your favorite food that you eat for your Thanksgiving meal. Speaking of 2020, let me state it has been the craziest year ever. You think? (laughs) At least in our lifetime. I tease that 2020 could be a new curse word. Things like, what the 2020? 2020, no. That is so 2020. I don't know. Maybe that go too far? No, you didn't go too far. Okay. Back in May, Lisa, you and I taught an online workshop for relationships entitled Shifting Gears When the World is in Park. At the time, it seemed like life as we knew it had stopped. Many things that were part of our normal daily and weekly rhythms stopped moving as usual. Churches stopped gathering in physical spaces. Restaurants closed from inside dining. Beaches closed around here. Even the ability to be in community with friends and extended family was abruptly stopped. We personally experienced more relational tension in those first few months than we had in our entire marriage. It's actually true. We heard that similar experiences from many of our friends as well. We learned social distancing and being, quote, safe at home made relational harmony more challenging. Now that things are opening up, it kind of feels like, at least for us, that we went from being in park to full throttle ahead. And with that, there is bound to come some relational challenges at home, in the workplace, and family and friends. So we thought we would take this episode to share the five gears framework and some of the thoughts around how to shift through them. When you don't understand the gears and how to shift gears, the result may be like driving my first car. It was a manual transmission. It was a VET. Well, actually, it was a chevette, but okay. (laughs) Let's just say the ride was a bit more jerky than smooth, and there may have been a few or, on many instances, a lot of grinding of the gears. So let's jump into this. To be clear, this is not our original content. It comes from the book entitled Five Gears, How to Be Present and Productive When There's Never Enough Time by Jeremy Kubitschek and Steve Cockrum. Hey, I normally get words all mixed up. I hope you got those last names right. I hope so, too. The big idea is that throughout each day, at different times, you and I will operate in one of the five gears. The relational issues happen when you and your spouse, child, 
coworker, or friends are trying to communicate while each is in a different gear. It may cause relational disconnection or relational grinding. James, as you go through and describe these gears, it would be important for us to know that there will be one or two gears that may resonate as more familiar or comfortable gears than others. These are the gears that are most natural for you to shift in and out of. That's exactly right. And we can share which gears those are for each of us. So get the image of a five-speed manual transmission shifter in your head and put it in fifth gear. Okay, you got it? So we're going to start with fifth gear. Fifth gear is the focus gear. This is the task-centered, fully focused, and quick-moving gear. A person in this gear is in the zone and does not like to be interrupted. This is one of my most natural gears. I know when I'm in this gear, I can actually work on a project all day long and not get tired. I will sometimes even forget to eat. Actually, when I'm editing podcasts, I get in fifth gear and I will work hours upon hours, not taking the break, trying to get the project done. Just so you know, there is never a time that I forget to eat. <laughs> but I can totally visually see, James, when you're in this gear, you are head down. During COVID season, I think you were actually stuck in this gear, into fifth gear, or at least your brain had not told your face and body <laughs> that you were out of that gear. That's really funny. So now with the image of the stick shift, if you'll downshift to fourth gear, so this is the task or productive gear. We actually live in a very task-driven, task-dominated world. To-do lists, task sheets, and productivity tools flood the market as adults are trying to get organized, stay organized, and become as proficient as possible in the world. Task-mindedness can become a habit or rather a way of life. People can become so married to their to-do list that the daily tasks begin to control their lives and affect their relationships. Like fifth gear, this is an easy gear for me to shift in and out of and go for long periods of time. Yeah, when I get into that gear, I am not very relational, which is unusual for me. I am head down. When there, I actually do feel very productive. And when I'm at home and in this gear, James, you and I have both discovered it is not the best time for romantic gestures from you. Yeah, I, I know what that means. So we're in fourth gear. Now we're going to downshift the third gear. Third gear is the social gear. Relational connection happens in this gear. Being in social settings with your family, spouse, or close friends, it's being present with people and having the ability to shift up to fourth or down to second easily. Third gear can be dangerous if abused, especially if a person is insecure and is trying to get their identity from their social space. Second gear is the connection gear. In this gear, a person is focused on going deeper with family and friends without distractions. This is one of my natural gears. Maybe like James, some of you listeners out there struggle with this gear. James gives GTD productive tips all the time. Which stands for get things done. That's right. Maybe y'all, like James, could use a few connecting tips. Did you just say y'all? I did. So, number one, take your time. When you sense there is an opportunity to connect, go for it. Maybe even look for it. Listen. The way you connect comes through your ears, not through your mouth. That's why we have two ears and one mouth, right? Exactly. And don't force it. Be you, be present, and be patient. 
James, you really have done an exceptional job of moving into this and listening and being attentive. You don't have a lot to say, but I can tell by your body language and your eyes and your gestures that you're engaged with what I'm saying. So, but you don't force it to be a talkative person when that's not who you are. And then the last is consider moving things to a different time of the day if you're having adverse effect on your relationships. If you're not connecting, you, you and I sometimes will shift to go have coffee at Starbucks, just get in the car, drive, yep. and then we're connecting. So if you're having a hard time connecting, readjust your space to make it happen. That's good. So I feel so much more connected to you now after those tips. So you're thank you welcome. so much. So we're in second gear. We're going to downshift the first gear. First gear is the recharge gear. It is the gear where you can personally recharge and maybe completely unplug. This is an intentional recharge zone. So you may have or you may need a routine that helps you downshift to rest, refuel, and renew your energy. It's important to understand that recharging doesn't happen the same way for each person. It certainly doesn't happen the same way with James and I. That's true. Your natural personality and wiring will influence what you need to recharge. For me, that looks like coffee with a friend or a walk with a friend, a meaningful conversation. And honestly, sometimes bringing order to my house brings a sense of recharging and positioning me for downshifting and relaxing. For James, it could be a couple of hours on his bike. Yep. Totally not recharging for me. (laughs) Reading a book or watching a football game or even having a hearty debate could be recharging for you. Is recharging. I'm not sure if that actually fits in the category, but... I am. Well, I've seen you recharged after a good hearty debate. So, knowing gears is helpful, but you also need to know the gear you're operating in and be aware of the gear that your spouse, coworker, or friend is in when you're interacting. Yeah, it gives you the ability to be intentional and not accidental in your relationships. Knowing what gears the people you're connecting with are in. You can shift down or up to that gear and communicate more effectively. When you are interacting with or communicating with another person while in two different gears, bad things can happen. Number one, expectations aren't met. And we know the root of all conflict is unmet expectations. It also causes undue tension between you and the other person, coworker or family member. Misunderstanding lives in the land of two wrong gears coming together. It's not good enough to be understood. We have to communicate so effectively that we're not misunderstood. And that just can't happen, James, when you're operating in two different gears. The goal is to communicate in the same gear. Gears give us common language to help one another shift in and out of gears. During the most tense times during COVID, us both working from home and then transitioning to home life I would ask James, when do you see yourself shifting gears? I need some two time. (laughs) Honestly, it has given us some fun, lighthearted language to what in the past would have been a tension point. So having common language helps us define and acknowledges expectations and or desires. When there's common language using gears, you could even just hold up the number of fingers to represent the gear that you or everyone else is in. So you may have been in a working relationship where you or somebody else walks into the room and everyone is maybe in gear three and you or that person comes in in gear four, completely in productive gear, wanting to get things done. And someone in the room may hold up three fingers just to cue you that, hey, we're all in gear three. You need to downshift from gear four a bit. Okay. Helpful tip from Lisa. 
be mindful when you're declaring you're shifting to first gear, not to use the wrong finger. Lisa, come on. It could happen, James. <laughs> it could happen. Another way that you can shift into the appropriate gear for the appropriate time is to use triggers to remind you to shift into a different gear. So a few examples of a trigger could be, you know, picking the location that is a few miles from your home to trigger you to downshift from your fourth and fifth gear work mode into your third and second gear relational mode for your family. Or maybe using a neighborhood sign to put your phone in your purse or your bag. A trigger that I use actually almost every day is getting coffee in the morning for you, Lisa. The act of actually getting out of my reading chair and making you coffee helps me shift up the second gear from my first gear recharge. James, I love that trigger of yours. It serves me well every morning. <laughs> sure does. One of my triggers is when I'm at work is shutting my office door. This allows me to move from second or third gear, which is my happy place, and it pushes me to fourth gear. Shutting the door for me is not as much for people coming in my office. It's for me not wanting to have relational conversations with people passing by my office. Yeah. So I intentionally am shifting gears to fourth or maybe even fifth gear when I shut my door. So shifting gears doesn't just happen. You have to make a mental shift. There's another gear that we haven't mentioned, and it's reverse. I always find when I'm driving a manual transmission that shifting into reverse is the hardest one to find. But it's the most important in relationship to get comfortable with shifting into reverse. Yeah, I don't know why it is that it's always hard to find the reverse gear in a car. But reverse is a great gear. And having it in your car gives you the ability to parallel park or to hook up a trailer to fit into a tight spot. Without reverse, a driver is severely impaired. And to translate this into relationship language, reverse simply means to back up, pull back, or apologize. Yeah, you know what, James? One of the reasons why it's hard to find reverse in a car is usually it's not in the same place. Yeah. So it's either up in the right or up to the bottom. So it's hard to find. So Why can't they just make it universal? I know. It's kind of like the grocery store. Why can't you lay all Publix out the same way? Exactly. That's all I'm saying. So some actual language of how to get in reverse or find reverse, we have found two words that have been very instrumental in finding a reverse. Intent, I-N-T-E-N-T. -E I spelled it for you listeners in case I said my uh, southern. Intent. Intent and impact. These two words have been valuable in all of our relationships, in our marriage, with our kids and extended family, and it has been critical in our working relationships with co-laborers or coaching other people. So here's the big idea. Intent is the motivation or heart behind words we use or actions that we do. Impact is the result or how that action actually landed on the other person. For example, when I want to apologize to you, James, I would use the word intent and impact like this. James, I can see how smoothing things over with Parker after you just had an instructional coaching dad moment with him could have impacted you and him for that matter that I disagree with your input or that I ultimately undermined your leadership as a dad. That wasn't the intent of my heart, but I can see how it would have impacted you that way. Will you please forgive me? Right. And that is you putting in reverse and backing up, going about the relationship a little differently. Your intent 
wasn't to undermine me. It was actually just to smooth over the relational piece. So you just put in reverse and gave yourself a do-over. Exactly. And the great thing about that is in our spirit, in our heart, in my mind, I know when I need to do that and ask for forgiveness, I would not wait for you to have to do the reverse, but I would like lean into that and prompt you with that. I actually use the word intent and impact a lot in coaching of team members and so forth. I would use it something like this. I would say, I know it wasn't your intent to sound like this in the meeting or to act this way in that situation. It wasn't your intent to come across this way, but the way it impacted me or impacted the group was this. And so what it does is it, it allows the other person to put in reverse and mm-hmm. kind of make right maybe a situation where it really wasn't their heart intent, it wasn't their mm-hmm. motive to act a certain way, and they just had a blind spot or didn't see how their actions impacted a person that way. So intent and impact are really powerful words. Yeah, the other beautiful thing about them is is it re- it helps people to not be on the defensive because it's saying, I believe in you. I see in you so much more than what just was displayed in action or in word. And so it allows someone to go, I know James believes the best in. That's really good. So there you go. Those are the five gears. It's a great tool to use in a relationship to improve communication. And uh, we hope you will find it useful in your daily life and leadership. And I would encourage you maybe to talk to a friend, a coworker, maybe your spouse, and actually talk to them about these five gears. Find out maybe what are your most natural gears. Again, use common language of like, hey, I'm going to be in gear four for the next little bit. So, or I'm going to go gear five. So I'm going to be head down. Don't interrupt me. Or maybe it's, you know, you with your spouse, your spouse needs you to be in gear two and have a little bit more intimate connection time. And they just need to ask for it. So this will hopefully give you some common language to use around this tool. If you find this tool helpful, I would encourage you to check out Giant TV. It's a leadership platform that I personally use and I found to be loaded with the most effective tools like the five gears. There's also a lot of videos and teaching around these tools. And right now you can get 30 days of free access to all the giant platform by going to giant.tv backslash lively last. That's giant.tv backslash lively last. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. But I'd encourage you if you're wanting to grow in your leadership growing in how you're relating with others, this is a great platform that will help you do that. Well, I think that brings us to the end of another episode. Next week, James, you sit down with a friend, Alan Pastine, to talk about his brand new book, The New Young Christian Field Guide, Practical Advice for the Modern Disciple. We're looking forward to that and invite you to join us. I want to remind you to please go to either anchor.fm backslash last or the Anchor app and leave us an audio message. The four things we're asking you to tell us are your name, where you're from, something that you are thankful for, and one Thanksgiving tradition from your family. You can also get the link in the show notes at www.livelylast.com where you can always leave us your comments, questions, and feedback. And also, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to help others find the show. You know, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram and or Facebook at Live Lead Last Podcast. Remember, lead your life and leverage your influence today in a way that leaves a legacy that you want for tomorrow. We will see you next week. Until then, bye-bye.